This is a Sprite. And it tastes exactly like it sounds. That first hit of cool, crisp refreshment on your tongue, followed by that familiar chorus we all know by heart. Sprite, thirst for yours. Podcast. I'm your man Graffiti. What's good, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Davy. How you feeling, bro? Hey, we out here. Man, this is a very dope episode today. Very, very dope episode today. They continue to get dope. Man, they're looking at the table right now. They're like, "What the hell's going on?" But we're gonna get into all this in a minute. Merch. <laughs> right. For now, what's going on in the world, bro? Uh, a lot going on on in the world. Let's see what we got. What we got? Uh. So the game allegedly impregnated a 15-year-old. So we want to talk about that. Man. <laughs> what? How come every week, every week, man, y'all rappers messing with? Oh, man. Young yeah, and... You know what? We're going to let them live this week. We're going to let the game live? We, let's let the story progress. I said that with Nelly, too. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. I feel like I need to stop saying that every week. Could y'all stop doing this type yeah, shit? Yeah, man, y'all really... It's, y'all making us hard to defend you. Every week, somebody raping somebody. Man, Damn. Just Next, you would think y'all, y'all think y'all would learn, like, right? You'd be like, okay, niggas is getting like blown up this week. This is this is the month for rapers getting but exposed. For the record, though, for the record, graffiti always gives y'all the benefit of the doubt, and we let the story progress. Y'all been letting me down lately, but I try to let the story progress before and, we be on y'all ass. You know, Davey's on the side of women and truth, <laughs> so <laughs> so next topic. <laughs> what else is going on, bro? What else is going on? Uh, let's see. Oh, Mississippi school to change its name from Jefferson Davis to Barack Obama. Word. Nice. That's dope. I wonder how long that's going to last in Mississippi, though. That's, I mean, ugh. that's dope, though. I mean, being that it's in Mississippi, that's kind of major. That's I'm, I'm, There's probably a lot of backlash, but that's heavy. That's heavy for the culture and the community. That's a good look. What else we got, fam? Uh, let's see. Mona Scott Young reportedly wants to terminate Hazel E. for her... Uh, Homophobic comments. <laughs> Word. Okay, uh, y'all catch me up. I'm not up on it. And every, y'all can chime in. Don't. Get... Oh man, that's a big one. Yeah, she's uh, she went crazy. So she... They basically blackballed themselves. Word. This one. Oh, boyfriend. Yeah, as Hazel... I hear it, as I read it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a blackball. Yeah, Hazel oh, allegedly just posted some stuff on uh, Instagrams talking about light skin and. All sorts of stuff like that. Some offensive type shit. That was a bad look for media. Yeah, she just looked crazy. Damn, yeah, mama. That's, that's all I'm saying. You said it was a black ball situation, though. Probably. Ah, uh, uh, shit. Not her old boyfriend. I mean, he started it, and then she come kind of. Yeah, it's like people don't really know how to get on the internet and like not say anything racist or homophobic. <laughs> right, that's kind of just the atmosphere these days. Uh, let's see, Solange and Bruno Mars earned the most nominations for the 2017 Soul Train Awards. That's good. Shout out to Bruno. Yeah, man, That's Bruno. Her album was solid. Yeah, I like that a lot. Her album was the best album this last yeah. year. I mean, Bruno's Bruno. He's doing his thing regardless. But big up to Solange, man. Good luck. Big up to Solange. She's been consistent. Yeah, for sure. She deserves it. For sure. Let's see what else is going on in the world. 
Um, how you feel about? Oh, my bad. Our producer uh, Julius sent us some news too. Let me pull this up. Real Let's quick. see what Julius got. Hey. Better not be no bullshit. Let's hey. see. More <laughs> artists are investing in terrorism insurance following the Las Vegas massacre. Terrorism insurance. Wow. Yeah, break that down a little bit. So, like, if they got a show and something drastic happens that they're covered, that's what it sounds like. Ooh, well, if they die, their family is covered? Like, mm. that, that may, maybe that's it. Th- maybe that is. Terrorist insurance. That's some new shit. Damn, that's it's kind of sad that we even had to invent some shit like that. But. Ooh, so are we saying that the Las Vegas incident was a terrorist attack? Are we finally saying that? Or is it a lone wolf situation? Does it, does terrorism insurance work if it's a lone wolf? Or was mm. it or just maybe was it a way to just implement Implement another program in the insurance business. Oh, like mm. terrorism insurance. Legalize it. Now, terrorism insurance is a thing. Oh, Damn. That sounds like a money grab to me. Money that sounds like. Let's go. Everybody's scared. Fear. Fear. That's real. Well, as y'all can hear, we got a special guest in the building. He just dropped some game on us. We're going to talk about that because that was kind of deep. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but if you really think about it like that, yeah, it might be that. It might be. Hmm. And that was a so perfect type of event to family, implement some shit like that. Yeah, so if anybody died in a family from a terrorist attack, allegedly, right. then they're covered. Their family is covered. But wow. they get hurt, maybe. But it's do something. terrorist attacks even happen enough to even need insurance for real? Or? That goes back to what you just said. Now do we start calling them terrorist attacks? Hold up. Maybe it's, we don't want it to start happening more now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. if they got insurance on it, it can start happening more now. Like, hold right. Up. So hold up. They can... They can pull a scam. Like faking right. their own terrorism. Faking their own terrorism. Damn. For the insurance money. Shit just got deep. But <laughs> we got a special guest, really special guest in the building today, man. Hey. He brought some good vibes, some good energy in here. Y'all seen this man on VH1. Y'all heard this man behind some very popular tracks. Some famous people work with this man. He's famous himself. You've seen him on the strongest shower pole in the world. <laughs> in life. <laughs> that shower pole is not strong. <laughs> Uh, shit. That's what health and that's what fitness will do to you guys. Hey. Well, let's talk about it, man. We got Nico London in the building. Hey. hey. Let's go. Let's go. How you What's feeling, up, bro? Man? What's up, man? Shout out to Dope. Life is Dope. Yes, sir. Bringing me on. I'm in Denver. Came to Denver to hang out. Some business partners of mine. And uh, I'm just happy to be here with you guys. Cool, man. We're happy like to have Shout you, out. man. So for the people who don't know or just miss what we just said, just hype yourself a little bit. Tell them who you are. For the people who don't doing. know, my name is Nico London. Yeah, some of y'all might know me from Love and Hip Hop. Some of y'all might just know me. I don't know from a shower. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm that guy, and uh, having fun with living life. Where? About to jump back on TV. Okay. Um, you know, fitness, dabbling at the music, careers, about to blossom. Yeah. You know, I've been doing that for so long. That's like my passion. That's why. That's how I got on loving hip hop. Oh, word. Through the music, being a record producer. Okay. They didn't show very much of that side, though. But right. It's cool. I'm gonna show y'all that side. But um, and that's pretty much it, man. I'm just doing business deals with great people all over the country. Nice, nice. And I brought my team out today. Cool. Yeah, shout out, shout out to, the to Lens team. on the camera. Yeah, let's clap it up for the team. Shout, shout out, out to the team. team. Shout out to Jared. My yeah. boy Jared flew all the way from the Philippines. Word. Just for two days. To do some business meetings with me out here with another partner of mine named Simeon. Shout out to Simeon. Shout out to Simeon. Yep. Yeah, Simeon. That's love. That's love. Man. Yeah. Shout out to Shout out to Canna Saver, my boy Brian, who who's 20 minutes late. 
it's all love. And we got my, uh, we got uh, Lacantis. 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 Which is don't, which is don't, which is if you guys, if you, if you guys live in uh, Denver, Colorado, whoever, whoever's out there, they're throwing the biggest New Year's Eve party Man. ever, ever, ever lit, in lit. Denver, Colorado at the Rock. Uh, Red Rocks. We doing it at Red Rocks. It's yeah. gonna be crazy, crazy, crazy. That's you got uh, Migos, you got a little Yachty, you got Post Malone, uh, Post Malone, you got Mailman, Mailman, man. Shout out, hey man, shout out to Mailman, man. Oh, shit, let's get Nico in there. I might be doing uh, you know, opening up. Word, word, word. That's a good look, man. I'll definitely be there. And we got Cassidy performing with uh, with Mailman, right? Oh yeah, yeah, man. Shout out, hey. Man, shout out to Mel, man, man. Yeah. For the town. That's the little That's homie right there. Life is dope. We'll probably be there too, right? Life is dope. Oh, we'll be in the building. Yeah, life is dope. My man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we Life in is there. dope is definitely there because I, I met these guys today, man. They, they're some cool dudes. It's good vibes, so, man. So how are you able to transition from, uh, especially being like a songwriter and producer, um, just being behind the scenes to literally having every moment of your life being videotaped and recorded? I don't know. I, I, I don't even think it's real sometimes. People wrote up, like today, somebody ran up to me, Nico, can I get a picture? Can I see your abs? And I'm like, <laughs> can I see your abs? I'm mad. They're like, yo, chill. What are you talking about? Right. So anyway, uh, I mean, it's cool, man. I mean, it's something new for me. I've never, you know, I've always been a ghetto celebrity from mm. Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. I've always done my, you know, what I did in Brooklyn, New York, coming out in the streets. Right. Try to make it the way I make it. And I've always been that guy. So I've been a local celebrity. Right for years, and it didn't take off. I didn't take off to be a, like a global, like you know, national celebrity. Until I got on Love and Hip Hop. So shout out to Love and Hip Hop for even giving me that opportunity, that opportunity to even come on and expose whatever needed to be exposed. Right, like the villain. Right, so right. I'm the villain on the show. How's your How's your relationship with Mona? Is it good? Mona's me and Mona's cool. Okay, yeah, me and Mona's cool. I mean, her partner's cool. I'm I'm cool with all of them. Yeah, you know, we are we actually in talks right now for me to do the new season. Okay. Okay. I was gonna ask Hollywood. you that if you if you consider you getting back Hollywood? on. Yeah, they want me to do Hollywood, so I'm like, all right, okay. We we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good look. So, coming up from uh from New York, how'd you migrate to Atlanta? Atlanta. Well, Atlanta was because okay. So let me give you the backstory on how I got on Love and Hip Hop. So me and Mimi had an affair right. ten years prior to Love and Hip Hop. Maybe, yeah. maybe 13, 12 years prior to Love and Hip Hop. We knew we known each other for years. Yeah. So we had an affair, and we did it. It was like a one night thing. But we stayed consistent as friends, as knowing each other throughout the years and different events. You know, from BT to all the award shows, we see each other. She, you know, she's she's best friends with with, with Diddy's baby moms. Right. So, that's how I got on the show. Okay, you know, I was just in through LA, that relationship. Through that relationship. I was in L.A. off the first season of Love and Hip Hop. They were in L.A. Right. after the first season of Love and Hip Hop for VMA weekend. And I ran into Mimi again after 10 years. Mm. In the hotel at, at a party. And that's where they recruited me at. And that's how I got on the show. Right. So, that's the backstory, you know, how I got on the show. Me and Mimi had a relationship. We knew each other. So, I was the perfect um, guy for her to come on the next season to right. challenge Stevie. Mm, Stevie mm. J. Right. So, which I turned into the villain. Right. But he was the villain first before I even came on. <laughs> it is kind of funny how that story flipped. Like, y'all, yeah. Kind of, yeah, y'all definitely got to go back and forth between being the villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like wrestling. You know what I mean? It's almost like a contest. Like, who could be yeah. like the worst nigga? Yeah. Who could be the <laughs> right. worst asshole? Right. Which one is the <laughs> slime ball? And the slime ball. And then you start liking Stevie and you're like, wait, no. 
Yeah. Well, fuck that nigga. This yeah. now. And then it goes back and forth. It goes back and forth. You know what I mean? So it was that kind of situation <laughs> that yeah. led me on the show. And they kind of tapered me to a storyline. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I kind of gave away some stuff. I probably gave them some stuff to make them look at the storyline and say, hold up, let's make him the villain. Mm. So it didn't, you know, it didn't catch me till later on, and like maybe late in the second season. Yeah. Like, oh, you guys planted this on me. Because right, do you guys see it when we see it, or is it like you you know what the episode is going to be before they drop? You know no, what I mean? Well, I, I know what I shot. Right, right, but right. We, but but we I mean, final we, production. Yeah, no, we don't know yeah. that. See, okay. we don't know what they're taking from that mm-hmm. hour long sh- uh, shooting session. So if we're shooting for the whole hour, yeah. they're only finding five minutes of that. Right. To display you mm-hmm. to the world and how they want you to be perceived to the world. So that's pretty mm-hmm. much how TV is. So we could be talking for a whole hour filming. And all the good shit, I'm thinking, yeah, I got some good shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the bad shit is what they took. The, yeah, they gnawed in on that. Like, all right. And here after they do certain filmings of scenes, they'll take you right into, like, the booth to do, like, the, the confessionals for it. Immediately. So, so you're still hyped up after. You're still hyped up. So, like, <laughs> someone it. throws a drink there. Yeah, the confessionals yeah, are funny. Hyped. So you ready to go in there and talk, what ass are you really in that character? Yeah. So that's how reality TV is. Reality TV is all about the moment. Yeah. And I've, I was all off. The, I wasn't even in the moment. I was never in the moment. Yeah, from the three seasons I did constructed storylines. That was never the moment. So that was kind of that's like the the failure in reality TV. Yeah, I mean it makes for good TV, but on the flip though, like you said, you were painted as a villain. Yeah, and it worked out for me. Yeah, it was a gift and a curse. People need villains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Batman and Robin. Right, 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 right. People like the bat. Uh, the Joker. Well, people like the Joker more yeah. than they like Batman and Robin. Right, mm-hmm. watching for that. That's, that's a fact. True. That's a fact. Yeah, so. That's kind of, that's pretty much how I got on the show, man. And uh, I had fun on the show while I was doing it. Yeah. And um, that's it, man. We had a good time. Is there anything that you would have done differently about how you went about loving hip hop Atlanta? Everything. Any, any movie. <laughs> everything. I would have did everything different. Because like I, I would have actually went in there with a plan. Mm. Opposed to just going in there. Being a guy the first time, this is like I'm fresh out of water. I ain't know nothing about TV. I'm a street dude. I'm a street dude that came up, you know, in the streets. Right. A little closer to the mouth. Oh, yeah. So I'm a, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a kid from Brooklyn that came up in the streets. Yeah. Slinging, slinging, cracking weed and selling guns and trying allegedly, to figure allegedly, out. Allegedly, yeah. yeah <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, and trying to figure <laughs> out how to, you know, make a way. Right. To keep flying, keep the cars I wanted to drive and the jury I wanted to buy. So I was that guy. So, so me, you know. Um, the TV thing caught me by, caught me off guard. Mm. So I would have did everything different because I would have went in there with a plan mm. and then me and her would have been on the same page. Right, right, right. But it's kind of hard. It was kind of hard because, uh, you know, she was kind of still into that. Yeah. I mean, her thing was real with him. So I would have did everything different. Just put it like that. So I got kind of like, what laid on me is what they placed on me, but it's also what I was showing. Right. For them to cut it. Right. Edit it. And it's not actually scripted, but however, everyone kind of comes up with their own storylines, and they yeah add that to the show. Yeah, because you know VH1 and these reality shows, they get, they have to uh, uh, monetize their show because they're right. spending money for the show, so they have to monetize it. So they have to make sure everything is in order. Because if they leave it up to us cast members, it should be chaotic. We ain't got no right no guidance in terms of making what everybody's you know trying to fish to get the front seat. Yeah. So they got to. So they got to. So when people say it's scripted, it's not scripted. It's it's really more so like they got to keep a gauge on how the talent is being displayed, so right. they can keep moving with the production. That makes right. sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
as far how was it how was it bringing your wife onto the show? Torture. <laughs> <laughs> it was torture because Talk about it. because see see what everybody got to understand is this right mm-hmm. when I came on the show, yes, I was married, yeah. but we were separated. Right. So she knew I was going on the show. She was already entertaining something else, right? And I was entertaining something else. And I let her know that, like I'm going to Atlanta to do the show. Yeah, it's open field. And she was going, right, whatever, just you know, take care of yourself. I think what shocked her the most is the sex tape. Mm, that's what did it. Yeah, that that's what did it for her. So it, although we wasn't together, we still married on paper, but we separated. That's what threw the wrench for her to make. So that's where it was. It was terror bringing her on the show because she didn't want to do it. Yeah, you know, but then she, you know she was you know with her kind of got pulled into the situation. Yeah, yeah, she got pulled into the situation. But I actually told her, you know, it's it's good for you to air, you know, to come up here and tell your side of the story, right? Instead right. of me trying to say it because then everybody gonna look at me like ah, he's lying for her. He's just uh, so that's what happened. Right. That's a bag for both of y'all. Now y'all have now you have two both feet yeah. in the love and hip hop. Right. Yeah. And know, then y'all ended up on uh, what was the other show? The uh, oh, uh, 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 marriage, marriage boot camp. camp. Marriage boot camp. How was that? Now that show, see, Marriage Bootcamp was it was a healing show for me. Okay. Because I actually learned something from Marriage Bootcamp. What was that? You know, with Judge Hatchet, I actually learned how to actually forgive. Okay. Forget and forgive. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what me and my wife went through on end. I was yeah. like, I, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting to just go get the check and be like, oh, let's just run through this and keep it moving. But I was like, you know, when I got into the show, meeting the different uh, couples. And seeing how they do they how they set it up with these groups, these group meetings and stuff like that. I'm like, yo, this is cool. This is like yeah. I needed this. So actually We helped. needed this. Yeah. You know, me, her and her girlfriend, we needed that. Wait, wait. You, her and her girlfriend. Yeah, me, her, her and yeah. her girlfriend. So yeah, so, <laughs> like so best friend girlfriend or like No, like girlfriend girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. So This so, is what so, dreams is made up. Let's talk yeah, about it. Yeah, so what they call that so it was, it was, it was, it was they they had they had a, a new title for marriage boot camp. Okay. They came up with a whole new title for marriage boot camp, and they've been this is like their sixteenth season. Yeah, yeah. But when we came on, they came up with a whole new title, and they called it the Thrapple. Mm-hmm. Thrapple couple. Mm. So and that was that was interesting to me because I'm like, okay, it's three of us. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Thrapple. Okay. It makes sense. Thrapples. So yeah, so yeah, it was interesting, man, because. You know, her girlfriend, didn't, you know, didn't take to me well, and it's like, yeah, I'm not mm. doing this. And, and, and then we wound up just really engaging, like, on some cool, me understanding her girlfriend's lifestyle, yeah. coming up in Russia, and just like, wow. So before that, it wasn't like, before all right, that, nah, you, wasn't. her, and her girlfriend. Nah, nah, so nah, it, it was her and her girlfriend, then it was her, her and you. Yeah, yeah. It so wasn't it a threesome. It yeah, yeah. Now, it wasn't, it wasn't a threesome. It was a thruple. Thruple. It was a thruple. It was a thruple. Okay. It wasn't threesome. <laughs> but, yeah, so... And that's how that's how that's how she came on Love and Hip Hop too, my wife. Yeah. At the end, she brought a girlfriend on. Right. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. yeah you're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's how that, that's how that ended actually. So now, yeah. fast forward after all the couples therapy and boot camp and throuples and all that, y'all good? Like now it's like a. Yeah, we cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, me and my me and my uh, ex is cool. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to love. Shout out to shout out to love and friendship. Cool. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Cool. So if you were to hypothetically. <laughs> If you were to make a porno with, or a home movie, uh-huh. oh, shit. with any of the cast members from any of the Love and Hip Hops, <laughs> who would it from be? any season, from any season, <laughs> all star pick. Uh, let me, <laughs> damn, I don't even watch the show to understand who's the characters. New, but New York, I would LA, Hollywood. Say, Let's see what you say. I got my answer. <laughs> who would I make a sex tape with? Who would I? I don't know, man. 
<laughs> Jocelyn look like fun though. For some reason, Jocelyn looks know. fun. Oh, shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> looks fun. I don't know. I'm just I see saying. what you did there. Dre? I see what you did. There. Oh, oh wait, oh, Dre. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold Any loving hip hop. Dre wasn't on. Dre wasn't on loving hip hop. Dre was a love. She was basketball wife. No, she's uh, basketball wife. No, wasn't. Nah, she was never. Uh, now nah, you just see, said that. Come on, that just changed the whole pa- dynamic. Yeah, I wouldn't pass up Dre. Who's who's in the who's in Hollywood right now? I couldn't even tell you, bro. Let's see, you got. I don't know about Hollywood. I ain't gonna he watch it till Nico's on there. How about yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know who's. I don't know who's on Hollywood. I don't even watch the show, but I, but <laughs> I would have to say I don't know. And, and yeah. uh, Brooke Valentine, she's on there. Mm. Uh, who else is on there? Uh, you know who does look fun? Um, <laughs> <laughs> since that's what we say, it looks fun. Who looks fun. Yeah, uh, fun. yeah we got to keep it. Uh, who looks fun? Who yeah, looks who fun? looks fun? That's yeah. more. That makes more sense. Um, Carly Rae is crazy ass. Nah. I mean, I know Cali Red, but I don't know if I would want to do Cali Red. Okay. Yeah. I'm just thinking about that Chris Rock movie. What was that? Top five. That was tight. Cali Red, I don't know. Cali Red sounds like she'd be too loud. I don't know. <laughs> she'd be too loud. She should call I don't know if I would have a good time with Cali Red and Ben. Keisha Cole, I don't know about it. Cardi- Keisha Cole, my homie, too. Keisha Cole, like my little sister, though. We ain't going to say Cardi B? Oh, Cardi B. Oh, oh hold up. up. Right now. Hold up. All the Migos. Hold just pull up. up right now. <laughs> okay, okay, hold up. Okay, now, <laughs> yeah, okay, you just That way. Hold up. No, no, Cardi B can get it. Yeah, she can definitely be one. Yeah. yeah. Cardi B, the glow okay, up is amazing on Cardi. Uh, what, Nikki Baby? Hmm. No. Nikki, Nikki looked like Nikki she would pop. Like she's just all Now, Nikki inflated. Baby looked fun, though, too. She looked like she could be fun and bad. Look fun is hilarious. I'm yeah, using that all the time. I swear she looked like she could be fun and bad, B. I don't know if something about her attitude is like, you know, she ain't really. She's just doing the TV show just to do it. She ain't yeah, really yeah. about that. She just like whatever. I'm play the role to get this check. Yeah. But she looks fun. Oh, Erica Mina. Oh yeah. Oh, Erica Mina. Yeah, yeah. Erica Mina is fun too. She looks fun too. Okay. See, you throwing names that I I be forgetting. About. Forgot about you. Ain't gonna get home like damn. Erica Mina can get it too though. Cassin, man. You know what I mean? My but, bad. You know, she looked funny. <laughs> Joe Budden just ran Relax. Like, Damn, I got to stop listening to niggas' girls, man. <laughs> Anyways. It's all out of love. It's all out of love. It's all out of love, man. Speaking all out of love, the damn shower pole, man. God damn it. So, <laughs> at the end of the day, the sex tape, man, it, it brought a lot of attention on you, both negative, positive, whatever. Yeah. Was it worth it? Great question. Was it worth it? At the time, it was. Okay. The timing of it, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. The execution of it, in terms of uh, monetizing the, um, and capitalizing off of what everybody else capitalized off of, mm. it, 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 it wasn't because we didn't. We didn't capitalize. It, was, it happened too fast. Okay. So we didn't cut deals with certain outlets like Home Depot for shower rods. We didn't cut yeah, deals yeah, with nobody. You should have been in there. That's where, it all went, <laughs> that's where the, the money was. The lows. Yeah. Lows. We could have cut crazy deals right then and there, but we didn't have that, you know, we didn't have that, that team right. to make those plays. So that's where it wasn't worth it. Mm. But at the moment it was worth it because uh, it was a decision that we both had to make. And, and I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's one of those things where it's like it's something you can never get back. Yeah, because it's with you for the rest of your life, and it's on the internet, now. and it's on the internet forever. But it's one of those things like I wasn't mad. Yeah, you know, I'm glad I have a gut, right? And I had a bad looking body, and I had to look at that for the rest of my life, <laughs> right? Yeah. So at least I looked the kind of right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it was, it was, it was cool. I mean, we did it. It was something that yeah, we both thought about, and we both made the decision to do it. 
and it was it was it was crazy. It was I don't even know where our minds was, but it wasn't yeah. in human reality. Probably, <laughs> How about that? Probably hello on that whatever. But. We were <laughs> we were we were just in a zone where it's like TV um, exposed something else for both of us right. in terms of staying on top. Right. No so sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you know you know it, it definitely exposed us in terms of um, we wanted to be competitive. Right. So and and she at that time wanted to get back at, you know, yeah. her baby father. Yeah. Mimi, she wanted to get back at him. So it was a, it was a way for her to get that one up on him because he got one up on her with the Jocelyn situation. Right. And she took that personal. So that's what that's kind of how that went. So if you were to give advice for couples who want to make their own home movies, what would be the do's and don'ts in your opinion? Stronger shower rods. <laughs> to do stronger shower rods. Did you say stronger shower rods? <laughs> yo, definitely stronger shower rods. But yo, if you're gonna do it, yeah, create a gimmick out of it. Cause we didn't, we didn't actually. That that was a that was a, like a biopic that they that that Vivid took. Yeah. And from and and they put it out. Then somebody took that clip and they ran with it. And yeah. It blew up on Worldstar with like 30 million hits. And Fast. Then, on, then on Pornhub with like 20 million hits, and it just went crazy. Yeah. So it wasn't something that was planned like that. That was just something that just happened. It was like a viral thing that just went viral. So well, the do's and don'ts I would give people is make sure you got you you you, you filming the shots that you want to be seen. <laughs> what? Make sure you no. That's no, it. No b roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make make sure you like it. You be like, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> make sure you like the shots. Make sure that you get the right angles. You get the right lighting. <laughs> Because, make it a production. Uh, make it a production. Make it professional if you're going to do it. Wait, wait, wait. Last question I'm going to ask about the love of hip-hop stuff. Because TV paints awkward pictures. Yeah. And uh, I see, like, the, the body language gets weird whenever we bring up Stevie. Yeah. What, what's that relationship like in real life? Is it like on site, I'm going to knock you out when I see you? Or is it just some TV hype that's a little bit more than it is? No, it's the first one. Okay. On site. We, we, what the fuck yeah. I'm talking about? On site, you know, he can, <laughs> he can catch it. On site, you know. I can catch it. It is what it is. But I think we, I think we're both at an age in in, in, a, in a mentality where it's like that probably would never happen. Word, right? Because we both in a in a money. Go Too grown down. to be out here fighting, you know. But if it must but go down, if it must go down, <laughs> like Conor McGregor and, and and Floyd, let's go, baby. Right. But it'll be better if we can do it. Like I wanted to promote. I wanted to, you know, I challenged him to a boxing fight. Right. Yeah. On on that on radio. I wanted you know biggest radio stations in Atlanta. Yeah, you know, and he didn't accept it. But I thought I think that would have been more better for us to do it in that level I would enjoy of an that. arena because then you know it's something to give people some. We have yeah. some fun with it. Yeah, just throwing the gloves. You get the and aggression and out, out. hip hop box. You get a bag, and yeah. then people yeah we get a bag. So Floyd Mayweather wanted to sponsor that in, in Miami. He the first one that called when I when I put it on radio, and it was like uh, oh wow you call him out. I said yeah let's we could do it in Madison Square Garden. We could do it in Atlanta Arena. We could do it wherever. You know, me and you, Stevie, let's just go, babe. Put on the gloves and let's have fun with this. Let's get our aggression out on in the, in the See, ring. But it was a business move at the same time. Yeah. Because we could have, you know, I, I got a contract right now, $250,000 they offered me yeah. to do the fight. They offered Stevie. See, that's the shit Mona same Scott thing. need to be hopping on. He didn't take it. Ooh. So I don't know why he didn't Trademark. Yeah, see, Mona Scott out here just <laughs> settling for niggas throwing drinks on each yeah, other. Man, yeah, man. Let, let's put these gloves on, man. Well, Mona, yeah, I'm, I'm quite sure she got, the, she got the bite on it. But yeah. I don't think she would have promoted that because her star player at the time was Stevie. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So with her, it would have been, it's a chance she was taking. 
Right. Because if I whooped the shit out of him. But that's what I'm saying. That would have been that whole villain thing would have flipped. Like, it would have flipped. You feel me? Cade Stevie. And then, and then I don't think he, I think he get, you know, he didn't want it either, so. Yeah. Because I would have accepted that. Word. It was a business move. He got approached for about $250,000. Yeah, Contract. Man. I can show you contract. Get that bag, get the aggression and out, and that, that would have been what it baby is. Mama, so it's like. I mean, yeah, that's worse than getting, that's worse than getting knocked out. That ain't enough to pull yeah. up there. That's an aggression right there. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so me and him, yeah, we don't, we don't really rock like that. Word. So we see each other, I don't know what can happen. Word. Depends on what he say. It depends on how we walk by each other with our crews. It, 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 you know how this go, man. Yeah. You know, I we, met Stevie we, before, so it'll probably be on site. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it'll probably be on site. Yeah, it ain't going to be. But I don't think site. he want that, though, with me, though. Speaking of that, that's because you be in the gym. Yeah, I don't think he want Fitness, that. Fitness, that's a passion. That's a, whole yeah, that's a whole different side of me. He don't want that. That's, that's, a, that's a problem for him. I don't know if he want that. Mm, I think that's we, a problem for you. I think that, that contract is still on the table. We need to reignite that, man. Go ahead and get that 250. And, and well, I just know me, put, so I just know that I'm Stevie. not going to initiate nothing. Yeah, but you know, if if he initiates something, you know, I'm up for the challenge, baby. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. I'm ready. smiling like you ready. Let's go. I was like, he he up for it for real because I try to segue. He like, nah, <laughs> this nigga don't want that problem. <laughs> I try to talk about working out and shit. He like, nah, we are gonna put pause on Stevie. But uh, <laughs> but nah, but fitness that is one of your passions. Fitness is a passion of mine. Yeah, I've been I've been doing it off and on since I was a kid, but. What really got me into fitness is uh, when I was used to, you know coming up as a kid. You know, people used to say, "Yo, you you slim, man. You, know, you need to get your weight up." Uh, so it kind of possessed me to say, "Word, okay." Yeah. So let me get some bulk on me. So I used to go in the park as a kid, man. Just hit the chin up bar, push ups, right. in the crib, just trying to feel like that guy. On a thug fitness. And I used to be mm-hmm. around the guys in the neighborhood, like, "Yeah, I'm pumped. What's up? Right. Let's go. What we doing today?" <laughs> so I like I, I love the attitude that I used to get I, I love the response I used to get from girls and mm. I, you know dudes like yo you look like you working out so every time I used to get that I used to be like oh I'm doing something right let me get back to it it's like work I didn't start taking, right yeah, I didn't start yeah. really taking it professionally until like three years ago mm. and started really putting it into practice as a business okay. and figuring out that side of it to monetize because everybody used to ask me yo what you do how you, yo, what you doing to look like that yo your body's chiseled is it natural to genetics? I'm like, nah. It's, my body is naturally framed like this, but we all got different bone structures. Right. But to shape it like this, I did that. Right. You right. know what I mean? So I get a lot of questions. People ask me how to do that, and that's why I started Zeke Pack. Zeke Pack. Which is a yeah online body weight training system. Okay. Yeah, 24 minutes and 24 days. Word. You said that's the Zeke Pack. Zeke Pack. Z e e k p a k. Word. Let's check that out. You go to ZekePack.com. So that's my fitness company. It's, you know, it's, it's a passion of mine, but uh, it's also a business too. So I got that. I got the fitness clothing line. Okay. I got Dirty Denim, you know, which is a, a, a jean line that I got. Business. And I'm just establishing, you know, different, just different dabbling brands in outside of who I am and what right. I like to wear. It's really just who I am and what I like to wear. I'm not trying to really like say, oh, I'm trying to establish 80 different brands that compete with people. It's just what I do every day. Right. So when I wake up, I like fashion. Right. When I go to the gym, I like to look fashionable in the gym because to me fashion you know going to the gym also um it's like an extreme like i'm I'm an extremist to looking good because when you're looking good and going to the gym you feel good when you're working out right right, you're feeling good when you're working out you're gonna want to after the gym you might not want to take a shower you might just want to go to the coffee shop but you're slow so it don't make a difference your body (laughs) look right you're in it (laughs) right so it's it's i don't know it's a different tonality for me in terms of uh Fitness and fashion as well. It's yeah. having on the right sneakers, having on the right pants, the right whatever tank top or right. shirt. You just feel good, you know what I mean? So cool, cool. So what led you into uh, the path of music? 
Uh, music, man. I was doing music since I was like, I remember being around the house like nine years old, just banging on the wall doing beats like, you know, and rapping. Uh, okay. I used to do that on my wall. <laughs> if you had the bars, I had the bars yeah, ready. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what I used to do. And my little brother and them, they started a group called the Rugged Ones. Okay. Off of me beating off the wall. <laughs> Words. I, you know, when I was younger. So I did that so much, and I used to go to, you know, I grew up as a nightlife boy. So. And even when I was, you know, young, I was sneaking in parties I couldn't get in. Right. Me and my crew. So I was always into music. And that's kind of what led me to say, yeah, I want to do music. So my first real project was a group called Flirt. Okay. You know, it was a four-man group. And we were in New York just doing shows all over New York. Uh, I, th- I remember vividly, we signed the East-West Records. Word. And we was doing shows over New York, but we was all ego. We all had egos because we was all lead singers. Yeah. <laughs> So we had this house, we had this brownstone. Like TGT. That, yeah, yeah. So we had this brownstone <laughs> that, that the label rented out for us. Hey, we was we, we having some fun in there, B. Four dudes <laughs> in the brownstone oh, with shit. different rooms with girls coming over every night. We was turned up. Right. Because, you know, when I was when we was singing, we was singing every night. We was just out trying to outdo each other and singing. Who got the better runs? Yeah, yeah. Who got the the better tone? And when girls is around, we definitely competing more. Right. Nigga, hand me the remote. Oh, Joe, say yeah. No, Pass for the remote. So, 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 so that gave us a level of cockiness. Yeah. A level of arrogance. Like we used to be on the subways, going to open mics, coming back from open mics three, four in the morning on the subway, singing. Girls around us just sitting there listening, like, oh my god. So we we singing the draws out of them. Yeah. We singing they draws off. Singing your draws to get, off to get the box to get that. Right. And that's kind of how we came. That's how we came up singing. I ain't gonna lie. That's how I came up singing. Okay. That's what we used to go to open mics. We used to sing. Yo, I I remember vividly. I used to be at open mics, man, finding all the open mics in the city. Yeah. Just because I knew girls was gonna be there, right. and we had the opportunity to get up and sign our name on the on the board. See, singers out singing. there, that's strategy. Hey. Yo, it was crazy, man. So <laughs> that's kind of how I came up in singing, and then I, you know, took it professionally and yeah. started doing that. So. I had several deals. I had to deal with EMI Records. I had to deal with Black Ground Records. I had to deal with Sony. Mm. And, it ain't, and it, I put records out, but it ain't so real. Like now, right? Eighty years left. I'm like, I still got the passion for music, and everybody like, yo, Nick, you need to put something out. What are you doing? Yeah. Like you look like you're about 27. What are you doing right That's now? That's why you just dropped that new uh, Lonely. Yeah, I dropped the new Lonely song called Lonely. That's popping. I got and I got the mixtape coming out. Yeah. Shout out to V Rich. She's a female producer, the new up-and-coming trap female producer. She's dope. She's out of L.A. Word. She did um, this project with me, London Bridges, which might be called a different name. I think I'm dropping her on Black Friday okay. next month. But uh, she did the whole project with me. She's a dope producer. And y- 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 y'all be hearing a lot more about you her. You said V-Rich? V-Rich, yeah. V-Rich. More to that. Yeah, shout-out to V-Rich. Shout-out to V-Rich in the building. So anyway, um, and that's what's up, man. So. As far as um, music credits, like you have, you have some pretty big names on here. You have Case, you have Tamia. Uh, how did those come about? Oh yeah, so Case, Case, this was these. Are, damn, this is a long time ago, man. We like took me back. <laughs> Dinosaur ages. Some of y'all don't even that, that, that's listening to this probably won't even notice, but uh, yeah, Case. So Case was, became a friend of mine through his uh, his his uh, president of his company, mm. which was Spoil Rotten Entertainment at the time. A guy okay. named Kenny Smooth, which became a friend of mine. He the one. He was the president and CEO of the company, and he heard me one day in the studio. Okay. I was writing for some this independent artist and he said, Yo man, you need to uh, you should you should write some stuff for my artist case. He was on Def Jam then, he just had the record with Foxy Brown. Yeah. I said, Word? He said, Yeah, come to the studio. It was called Homeboy Studios. Word. I remember vividly in Manhattan on fifty second street. He said, come to the studios tomorrow night, man, and let me hear what you got. I wanted to write three songs for Case. 
Damn. The night. So that's how I got the no case. That's how I got on the case project. To me, a project. I did that project with uh, Trackmasters. Trackmasters. Trackmasters, big producers. Back in the day, they did some a lot of hits, a lot of hits. But um, they got me on that project. The Tamia project, yeah. and actually, me and Red Cafe, Cafe featured on one of those songs that I did with Tamia. Nice. Shout out to Red Cafe. And then yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I did the the big chips with R. Kelly, Jay Z project with Trackmasters too. Wow. So I did that record, the hook on that record. And Dan- Timberland and them, I did a lot of stuff with Timberland, Danger Hands. I did the Paula DeAnda record with, with Danger Hands. Right, right, right. I wrote Easy. that record. He produced that. We did that in Miami. Fire. And that was a big, that was our third single. Timberland, I did like seven, seven records for him with him. I did one big record with uh, with uh, Timberland that made it on a guy named Dima Balan album in Russia. He's one of the biggest artists in Russia. His name is Dima Balan, so I got I got one of his singles. Okay. His third singles. I did that with Timberland and him. And uh, Jim Beans. My boy Jim Beans, shout out to Jim Beans. Yeah. And I just was working with them guys, and I did a lot of other stuff. Mickey Avalon. Yeah. I mean, Test Drive. I did this single for Test Drive called Superfine. Word. So I've been working with a lot of people, man. Working, I mean, I man. I did stuff with Chad in Virginia. Yeah. You know, I did a lot of stuff, man. But this, that, you know, that's stuff Chad. that I don't even, even talk about because I'm always with the new. So. Right, 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 right. I never even talk about the old. Like, right. people bring it up, and I, I talk on it, but. Yeah. It's good to just flex sometimes. I think it's a, yeah. it's a it's an important thing to bring up because you know people tend to just look at artists like oh he's just from loving hip hop or yeah like, no, these, these are like real Stats. artists that established that in have, the game that yeah have yeah yeah exactly right who, who are either big name artists or work with big name artists right that, so that's, that's kind of what I don't like about loving hip hop it's like it just it takes a lot of these stars that just that were like big at at the time and then it kind of just Brings them down to like a water them down, like a media just, just normalizes. Yeah. It, Do you yeah. feel like it's it's kind of harder to break back into the? I don't want to say back into the music game, but you know what I mean. Kind of hit that climate like a Cardi B right now. Like she was one of the lucky ones, you know, mm-hmm. coming from a reality show. Even though you've already been doing music, they kind of just place you in that box, and now it's like, all right, you on the flyer, and it's like Nico from Love and Hip Hop. When really Nico got a hot ass single right now. That's that's a good that's a great question, but actually I don't think it affects anything. Yeah. Yeah, because the dem- the demographic and the listeners now they don't they're not even thinking about that. Yeah. They're just thinking about a hot record. Yeah, they're gonna attach me with love and hip hop and the sex tape and all that, but at the end of the day, the record is moving them. That's all that matters. Then they need to hear what's coming next. Now you might have a little more a little more. Um, let me hear something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might have that, but once you give them about two, three, but two, three records hits. They into the music, right? It's like, yo, he he's they got staying power. If you get him one, and you just come with some whack shit after, they be like, he's one hit wonder, right? And that's how a lot of them on love, you know, these reality shows, they giving them whack records. So yeah. if you come in with a rack, whack record, and you say you're an artist, and your first record is trash, yeah, you're finished. <laughs> yeah, I don't care what records you wrote for who, you're finished because now everybody, you really everybody in love and hip hop always be on the, in the studio. Now you're you gonna be really labeled as a just reality star. You don't do music, yeah. Right. But if you come with a hit and you just like and you consistently come with hits and I got a bunch of those, yeah. It's like I don't even think of it like that. I just think about it's just a new generation, new demographic. The millennials is running the world right now. Big facts. And that's who you gotta count on. That's mm-hmm. who you gotta listen to. It ain't, it ain't really about the, right. It's not about the uh, the Gen X generation no more. Right. Mm-hmm. It's about the millennials. Do you so find yourself, with that being said, do you find yourself with the music trying to 
craft a sound to cater to the millennials or is it kind of just you just doing your thing and if they adapt to it then they adapt to it because yeah. a lot of people try to just make music to sound like what they think millennials want to hear yeah yeah when really we in an era where it's just if it's hot you know if it's hot as hot yeah well I, I with me i'm just i'm just doing me cool and i think what happens is when i'm around the millennials this and they they just adapt to me anyway because i'm I just do what I do. Right. And they'd be like, yo, this guy's like one of us. He's, he understands. The, it's, the, it's a culture. Right. You got to be into the culture. If you ain't in the culture, you ain't, you're not going to get accepted anyway. I don't care if you're trying to do music like them or not. You're not in the culture. True. They know who's in the culture. So I just do me. I'm not trying to get accepted in the culture. It's just when I'm around these millennials, they fuck with me. They just be like, yo, your shit's hot. Yeah. True you story. Just keep going. So I kind of just do me because I'm always, I look at the the, the young people as the future. So yeah. My move in life is I'm always looking at the future to me is the young kids. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing everything that's based on what's moving in the future. Who's the future? Not the people who's probably my age or older or whatever, still caught up in where they're at and trying to get right. things back trying to, to revive where they used that. to be. You yeah. can't do that. Right. You're going to lose it if you're trying to get things back to where they used to be. If you're not moving with the culture... Then you're not moving. You're not moving, my friend. And I think mean, also... Um, kind of played into Cardi's favors that, you know, so much of her, she was pretty much herself. Like, so much of her mm-hmm. life was exposed. Everyone knows that she used to strip. She came from loving hip-hop. I don't think she ever came onto the scene trying to be bigger than what she was. I think she always downplayed herself. Right. And, that, and that's pretty much what elevated her. Right. Um, I think that's why it's dope that, you, that you're able right now to tell your story and kind of just yeah. push it out there because when you're watching TV, you're like, all right, Nico's the bad guy. Right. And you don't really know your story. But when right. you really get to know somebody, it's like, all right, well, shit. And yeah. Then, I think Carly B, Carly B won because she was likable. Yeah, most definitely. And that's one of the uh, 25 cognizances of bias, right? Yeah. So one of them is being likable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was likable, so that's why she's winning. Yeah. She's, she's down to earth. She's humble. And she's winning. It's not even so much more so about the record more than it is about her. Right. So whatever she's selling, you're going to buy it because she's so real on Instagram. She's she's likable to the people. She's not trying to fake and f- facade something that she's not. Right. You're going to be anybody who play that, who who stands for that is going to win. It's not even, it's not even, it's not licensed to one just person. It's anybody. Right. Once you're just who you are and you're serving the people and you're just transparent, you're going to win. Straight up, there's no way in the world you're not gonna win because somebody's gonna relate to it, and damn near everybody. Yeah. A lot of people got hit. Way more people gonna relate to that yeah. than yeah. the fake shit. Yeah, you, you know, know what I mean. And people, people like the they like the bad guy. Or they like someone with flaws because it it kind of gives them permission to expose. It normalizes it, them too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm not. Yeah. So, what do you think is the difference between Nico and Lundell, or is there a difference? There is a difference. So Nico is the Nico can be ego. Nico could be driven. Nico can be in his own world sometimes, but it's for a purpose. Londell is this guy right here. It's just calm. It's just, okay, I can talk about anything on any surface. Right. Let's talk. But Nico is the other guy. That's when I got my artist hat on, Nico London. I'm yeah. in artist mode. So right. I'm on that side of the fence. So I got the best of both worlds as well. Yeah. And, it's, yeah, that's the difference between Nico and Londell. Londell is the calm guy with glasses on. The studious kind of guy, like mm-hmm. I can sit at a table with anybody right. and have a conversation. And Nico can do that too, but Nico is also an artist. Yeah. So the Nico character is the art. That's the character. That's the artist. Right. That's what I'm exposing more around the world in the country. 
the Nico characters so they understand what the difference is between Nico and Londell. So that's right. a good question. Right. That's a good question because there is a difference between Nico and Londell. What do you think is the biggest misconception about you? Like you, people see you in public and they're like, oh my gosh, Nico, you did this on, and then you're like, it's just a show. Yeah. They edited it this way or <laughs> what's, what's the biggest misconception? I think the biggest misconception of me is I'm missing, misunderstood. Mm. But I'm only misunderstood because I've never laid my voice out there yet. Exactly. I never did the big circus like the Breakfast Clubs and all the radio. And I have all the opportunity to do that. I just never did it yet. Right. There's a plan that I want to I want to set it up with my team the right way so we can roll through the cities and roll through these places and do it the right way. Opposed to me just going in there and just spitting, spitting, spitting with no plan behind it. Because everything right. got to lead to something else. Facts. That's how I look at it, right? Mm-hmm. You guys doing a show. Your show got to lead to getting listeners. You got to have the right questions mm-hmm. right so you have you have a plan too so i have to have, also have that too so when i was when i first got on the show i was going to places i was doing all kind of interviews but it was just off the off the cuff yeah and it wasn't no plan behind it right so it wasn't it wasn't i didn't get no real incentive from it mm. but the people did that i was interviewing with they mm. got more of an incentive because they was able to say we got nico talking and they put me up and so i said you know what? okay i gotta strategize this a little different use it to your advantage yeah. right so now is that's what i'm doing now so i think um for that question, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm kind cool. of doing. So, speaking now. of using the platform to your advantage, we got these yeah. books on the table right here. Seal, what's that? With so, what's Seal is a, is a deal. I did a I did a deal with Ingrams, one of the biggest biggest publishing companies out there, and um, they approached me to do a book. I wasn't even in book form yet. I was like, I had all, I had written a book in my head for two years. Yeah, I had some stuff written down. When they approached me, the deal was so good. I said, all right, cool. And then I took it. So it was a sixty forty deal that I did with them. Okay. And um, they wanted to publish the book, and we put it out April's. It came out in April. Okay. But um, this book is, is is special to me because when you read it, it's a great read from beginning to end, and it's basically going to expose a lot of who I am from growing up. Okay. You know, and the celebrities that I've known, and kind of like yeah. You no, know, it's not like a, it's not it's not a, a, a tell all book though. Okay. Yeah, that's all. But it's going to feel like that. But it's right. not. But. Uh, you're gonna get a lot of information out of this book. It's a cool. great read. Like you're gonna, you know, you got everybody in there from Nicole Murphy, right, to Fox. And reading Brown. is fundamental, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so, so read the damn book. It's a great read. You, <laughs> you'll know, you'll know, you'll know a lot about me in this book. You'll understand me more. Cool. Just reading the book, you'll understand who I am. And be like, wow, okay. Word. I'm you know, everything from me being homeless to making a million dollars. Oh yeah, I re- yeah. I remember you talking about that. So yeah. kind of just, uh, just with you and your wife at the time, just. It, yeah, we was in L.A. I mean, I, I remember vividly. I made like eighty thousand dollars in one month, right? I was managing this producer named Justin Trugman. Mm-hmm. He was a Jewish guy. He had some dope work, and he couldn't get his. You know, he's from L.A. and he couldn't get his, his beats off the ground. Mm. And somebody introduced me to him, and I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you some money quick." Work. I heard his stuff. I said, "I'm gonna get you some paper because I just got out in L.A. Right. I was like two weeks fresh." And he introduced me to him. He said, "All right, in two weeks." I got him a check for thirty thousand. Interscope. We did a song for um, Pussycat Dolls. Okay. Took it straight to Jimmy Iovine through a friend of mine named Sean Holiday. Tubby got him thirty grand. This guy was only getting like forty four thousand a track. Right, so right, right. Got him thirty grand. That's where it all took off from there. Because he looked at me, he told all his friends, his family, yo, this guy got me thirty grand in two yeah. weeks. So he, right. looked at me, he looked at me as an amazing guy. She'd like, have been at family is... dinners and everything. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> this nigga's invited to the barbecue. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of yeah. easy for me because it was a resource that I had. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. I had, that I actually had to channel it through. A guy that was working at Interschool was a friend of mine named Tubby. Right. He was the A and R there, and he made the play for me. So that after that, 
after that, we we just made money. Then we had an independent deal coming, and I made like, like I said, we like eighty thousand in one month. Wow! So the homeless part is getting to that part because that's what everybody want to know. Yeah. I went to New York, and when I went to New York, me and my wife had this big falling out about some stuff we had going on, right? With mm-hmm. her and another guy, blah blah blah. So we had this whole thing. So I wound up bringing her back to L.A. When I said I wasn't, right? I said, let me go back and get my grind on L.A. But that threw me off. So I brought her back to L.A. And when I brought her back to L.A., I got complacent. So when I, was, when I made the 80000 I was moving by myself around L.A., moving, yeah. shaking, moving. Yep. I was in every studio, moving, hustling. When I brought her there, I started working on her project. And I put everything into her. Mm. So I, I, was in, I was more of a homebody. Had the studio set up in a home, and I more stayed in a home. And me, I was just working on her project, producing records. I was just doing... And I stayed out... The hustle life. So right. I was hustling, but I wasn't because I had to monitor her. Right. She didn't have no car. She couldn't drive. So I'm like, damn. So I got complacent. So what happened is the money started dwindling. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you ain't hustling, you're spending. Right. There's no income coming in. You're spending, spending, spending. True. So I found myself, like, spent out. You know? In L.A. Then had to sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah. I had to sell. I had a car. I had a Volvo, a, a, a C70, two-door joint. I had to sell that. You know, we had to get a studio, live out the studio. Got humbled up. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. And then after that, you know, we, we had to shoot back to New York. We had to put everything in the truck. I had a truck then. We had to drive it back to New York. Three Gosh, days. Man. So, yeah, we actually went. We actually lost everything. We, I mean, we was doing, we was outside selling, you know how they do the, the, the shit, you sell your shit on the street. What is it? On the yeah, side the of yard sale. The yard sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had stuff outside of the crew, you know, because we knew we had to get out the place. Yep. Couldn't afford that rent. The rent was like $2,500, right? Nope. <laughs> Couldn't come up with that. So we had to sell stuff. So we started doing yard sales in front of the apartment. We sold some stuff, but then we had to get out. So then we was moving around, and then we got, a little, we got a little, I remember we got a studio in the valley, a little tiny studio, because we right. still was in the music. So we still had to keep that going to figure out how to get her out. And we was doing little shows here and there, but it was like promotion shows. It wasn't no money. Yeah, yeah. You know, being an artist, you got to do a lot of stuff just promotion. Just to get reasons. your face in the scene. Get your face in the scene. So we was doing a lot of shows. I was on, you know, playing keys for her on the show. We had a drummer. She was playing guitar. You know, we did that whole scene. And it, and it just wasn't working. No money wasn't coming in. Yeah. So we had this little-ass studio, and we were sleeping in it. I mean, it was nice. It was cold as a motherfucker in there. We had blankets. <laughs> we had heaters in there. We had, but it was crazy because we was able to bond and get closer together, but the money wasn't there, so we had to shoot back to New York. So that's kind of how we went homeless Word. doing that. You know, the money wasn't coming in. And then I regrouped. And, that's a hell of a lesson, though. Came and gone that quick. That's, yeah. I'll teach you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, $80,000 is nothing. That, that can go quick if you're spending it wrong. Yeah. Damn. Shit, do you still uh, manage producers? Yeah. You yeah, do. I'm still yeah, I'm still managing producers now. Okay. Like I just took that back on because, like I said, the uh, V Rich, who did my who produced the project with me, yeah, I'm taking her on. So you know she's about to be dope, dope, dope. Well off in a minute. Cool, yeah, man. Because I know one of the dopest producers in the world. But yeah. we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, see, and me coming being from <laughs> me, me being a record producer, I understand what production is. So I'm like, damn, when I hear some new talent that got that yeah. new heat, I'm like, okay. My eyes on you. Let's let's see how we can get you on some projects. Work. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But talking yeah. about business, man. Go ahead, Dave. I was yeah. gonna say. So, what would you say is the hardest part about being Nico London? The hardest part about being Nico London is that anybody, you know, you got people that be like, "Yo, this guy got millions of dollars." 
Mm. You know, they, they put me on this high pedestal. And it's cool because I, I put myself there too. But I'm running up the ladder. So, you know, and you feel like, you know, when you go out, you got to kind of have that face right. of that guy. But that's not really what it is all the time with celebrities. It's just that, you know, you, you got to do that because that's what people want. It's like, you know, um, reverse engineering. So you give people what they want. Right. right? And it's cool to do that, but sometimes you, you don't want to do that. Sometimes you just want to just be, you know, just cool out, normalize, just 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 chill. You know, it's cool. Right? Like I, nah, I I can't get I can't get you a deal. Like, I can't get you on TV. I don't know how. I, I don't know what to tell you. You gotta go for a love and hip hop audition. I don't right, know how right. to get you on. Right. Yo, get me on the show. So I get a lot of that. Yo, I need to get on the show. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't even. I didn't even audition for the show. <laughs> right. Right. What are you talking about? I don't even know what that process is because I came in on the show with a girl that I was already. Seeing, so I've never auditioned for the show. Right. Where everybody else, they got to audition for the show. They got to go. I never did that. Perception. I don't even know what that is. Perception is everything. So I think the, uh, what was that question? You said. The hardest part about being The hardest part about being Nico. The hardest part, and the, the next hardest part about being Nico. Brian, my What's man up? just walked in. Hey. We got the CEO Sorry. of Canisaver in the building. Shower. He had to shower and walk his dog, but he's here now. <laughs> um, Take care of that dog, the hardest part about being Nico, I don't know. I don't even think it's the hard part about being Nico because I think once I start exposing myself to who I, who Nico is and then who Londell is, mm-hmm. then it's gonna be easy. So right now, I don't I don't know if it's the hardest. The only hardest part, like I said, people just run up to me, and be like, "Yo, can I get on the show?" You know, they think I'm worth you know ten, fifteen million. I don't know, like that. I mean, I am in theory. Yeah, yeah. But. Uh, Still climbing the ladder, so that's one of the hardest things about Still a process. just dealing with people in, in in that respect, and you know them thinking I can change their lives overnight. Word, word, well, shit. We about to wrap in a minute, but I want to talk about some of the business you got going on, man. Let's tap into some of these ventures because there's like yeah. a lot of business in the room right now. Well, so. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I came out to Denver, Colorado to team up with some business partners of mine, a guy named Simeon. Um, yo, yo, Simeon <laughs> in the building. Yo, yo. Hey, um, come on around, bro. <laughs> we got Brian, you know, partnering up with Brian. Brian, Brian is the CEO of Canisaver. I don't know if you guys out there into uh, any kind of edibles, weed, smoking weed. Most likely pipes, if they're listening know, to this show, they are. Whatever. If you are, if you listen to the show, all of you guys are weed heads out there. We are, no. But anyway, so he has one of the biggest uh, online, you know, websites. For He's like the Groupon of... Uh, of the, the weed, weed world, business. okay. Like Canisaver, he's a group on, and um, I came out to do some business with him as well. And one of my boys, Jared, he's flew in from the Philippines, an Asian guy. He flew in from the Philippines. He's, you know, he got checkmate films, so I'm doing business with them. So these are like all my business partners that we just okay. met up here yeah. to finalize some things. Headquarters, yeah. So this is like going to be like it's going to be like another headquarters for me. Nice. Secure the bag in Denver. Nice. Let's go, and that's kind of what I'm doing. And you know, of course, I got the book. I got the uh, the fitness line, Zeke Pack, yeah. and the, the, the music. Yeah, and, you know, for, for, yeah, yeah. And let's go, yeah, kind of contest. Yeah, yeah. And we got that was man. They're doing one of the biggest shows out here, man. I gotta say again, New Year's Eve is gonna be one of the biggest shows out here. Where's that Red Rock? Red Rock. The Red Rock. Let's go. All right. Cool. So, so we're turning up on that. And uh, what else I wanted to say? Um, yeah. 
anything you want to plug? Man. The show's coming up. Yep. It's a time. Oh, yeah. So get all that in. Get all that promo in. Just look for me on a Everybody's asking me to come back to TV. They've been asking me for the last year on my, on my social media. Yo, we need you back on TV, on my Snapchat. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be back. We need yeah. people to hate. I also, <laughs> also, also got a media company that I produced to, uh, I produced two reality shows already on it. Okay. One is called Industry Kings with Carl Kanai. And the other one is called uh, Family and Fame. Okay. It's an interracial couple. Nice. Uh, Italian dad, black mom, black wife, and three. they got three kids. Yeah. So they, that story is interesting. I'm still working on that. Sound like me? And, um, right. oh, oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm doing that, but I'm, I'm, I just got my hands in entertainment, period. So yeah. I don't even label it. I'm just a brand. Like, I'm a walking brand. I'm, so you're I'm hustling, speaking. bro. You're working. That's I'm just what a brand. Like. So, so everything is connected to what I do when I wake up and I go to sleep. Word. It's all connected. It's just putting it together and getting with the right minds that can help me grow it. So me, I want to, you know, now my life is just all about serving the people. Yeah, so, straight up. Cool. Although I got a record company, you know, entertainment company called Forever Young Entertainment. Okay. And Unstoppable Media. But I'm, st- I'm I work for the people, so yeah. that's like my, my job right, right now is to work for the people. So whatever I can do, whatever I can bring to the cities, I want to do that. Whether it's fitness, whether I'm doing boot camps, free boot camps. Yeah. Some pay, whatever, you know, I, I just want to serve the people, you know, give them incentives so they can serve themselves. And nice. that's kind of what my team is about, too. So even yeah. with me and my boy Brian was talking in the car uh, earlier today, and this is kind of what, this is why we really hit it off, too, because he kind of got the same outlook on what he's doing, even though he's, like, going down history for being the, the first, like, kind of right. saver that's to dope. go down. Yeah. And then he got this thing called Token County that's starting right there, so on the hat. So this is like gonna be something look like like really really huge token county. Word. And it's basically like um, like let's say if you wanted to make money, right? Yeah. Of and course. Say, all, all okay, the time. So everybody want to make money. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. So so let's So so he's like gonna be. This is gonna be interesting because he's gonna be and he explained it to me and I'm I'm gonna try to reiterate what he said <laughs> in short term, right? So he's gonna be the distributor for everybody to make money with him, right? Okay. So let's say if you have a, um, if you're in your neighborhood and you know, you know your local store, you know, mm-hmm. they know your family, you've been shopping with them, and they got the way he put it to me, and they got they sell cigarette lighters, right? Yep. Okay, everybody sells, but it's no brand, right? It's right. A cigarette lighter. So let's say you go in there and you, you you go to him and say, yo, uh, I want to make money with you, and he said, oh, well, I'll give you, I'll give you, you know, if you want to sell cigarette lighters to the stores, whatever, it'll have token county on it, mm-hmm. but you get a percentage. So like your corner store. Owner that owns a corner store likes you, right? And he'd be like, "You go in there and say, listen, man, I know you've been you buy lighters here. You got a lot of people buy it for me. Why don't you take some of my product I got and I can give it to you at this price?" Blah blah blah. He might just want to do it because he know you and your family and help right. you out. So now you can make some money with him. And that's what that's what he's that's what uh, County community yeah. is doing. That's what Token County stands for for everybody to make money out of it. Okay. So you can actually go to him and just say, "Yo, what products you got? You can pick a product." And if you can move it, just move it. Right. It's very simple. It's like you don't have to go across seas and get it and try. It's right here in the states. So that's what he's doing in the weed industry, in this cannabis and this industry. He's like, like, like really, really capitalizing from what he explained to me. And it's a right. genius idea because he's supplying jobs. Yeah, I love so, it. And his hat is very comfortable. Yeah. I love this Token yeah. County hat. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love it. It's, it's so nice. you could have you could be a person that don't have don't have <laughs> no way to make no money, but you got some resources. Right. right. And you can get to some product, and then you can you can move it. You can make money, so that's supplying jobs. It's like it's, there ain't no handouts, but we we showing you how to fish. Right. 
So we're not giving you a fish. We're just showing you how to fish, but it's so easy. Right. Like, you know, the homeless person could sell something. Yeah, that's the method. It's just, it's, you know, so it's just, that's basically what, what, what this is, you know? So nice. it's, it's a great situation. So spread the word oh, yeah. because you can make money. It's, it's, help, it's, it's, it's giving people jobs, man. And that's really what it's about here. That's all it's in about. In the man. world, in the country, it's just about, that's why I say I work for the people because it's supplying jobs for people to make money for themselves and their family. Word, straight up, man. So you left a lot of jewels right here, but one final question. One thing, one quote, piece of love, knowledge, whatever, that you will leave with the world, what would that be? Don't give up. Keep moving. Be persistent. Focus on your your passion. But at the same time, make sure you're making some money so you can deploy your passion. Hey. So, and it don't matter. You can work you know, at a thrift shop. You can work anywhere. But don't give up your passion because right. that's going to turn into money. Then you want to work on that on your off time outside of work. But you want to work, you know, to support yourself while you're working on your passion. Most people can do it backwards and think it's going to work like that, and it's not. So I would just say, man, to stay persistent, have a plan, you know, and uh, strategize every day, test things every day. Because the world is moving faster right now. So everything in the world is moving faster. So if you're not testing, testing, testing constantly, then you're going to get, you know, you're going to get lost in the sauce. And you can't stay stuck on one thing too long. If it's not working, just move on to the next. And, you know, this don't take life so serious. Every, like me, I learned to, like, it's not even that. Life ain't even that serious. Like, to get mad and, to, you know, look at somebody else's life and try to judge, judge, judge. None of us can judge each other. It's just, we, we just got to live. We just got to live and have fun with it. Right. And when things happen, it's readjust. Don't get mad. Just figure out, okay, what do I have to do to change this? Right. So if you start, that's the, re, that's the uh, reverse engineering, just figuring out what do I need to do to change my current situation? And start figuring it out and putting that out in the atmosphere because what happens is you start channeling those people that can help you figure out what you need to do to get out of your situation. It just happens. You might just be in a candy store. You might be in a movie theater. And you meet somebody and be like, wow, this is a true story. That's how things happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. You know, it's, I mean, there's so many you. We can, we got so many stuff, so much stuff I can say to give That's to the people. That's the one, man. We're gonna have, we're gonna have you back since we know that you know, yeah, you got business out here. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And but how can, uh, how can people follow you? Social media. You, you can follow me on, on Snap. My Snapchat is Nico the One. So it's N I K K O T H E the number one. That's Snapchat. My Instagram is Nico underscore London. N I K K O underscore London. My Twitter is the same thing, pretty much. And I'm about to jump on a lot of other servers, a lot right. of other apps. Because cool. I think it's you. I think in order to you know stay relevant, you really social media is the new game. You gotta stay active. Yeah, hey, gotta stay active. Cool. London, yeah. Christian Mingo coming soon. Right, right. Let's go. He gonna bring Black Planet. Check out back. that single, Lonely. <laughs> Where go get on your guitar right now. And uh, <laughs> shout out, man. We appreciate you coming through for real, yeah. man. Let's make some noise for Nico London. Yep, 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 yep. Life is dope podcast. I'm Graffiti. And I'm Davey. We out.
The Kelly Clarkson Show. All new season two. Weekdays at three on NBC Bay Area. This is the sound of regular water droplets. This is the sound of vitamin water droplets. Regular water. Vitamin water. Regular water. Vitamin water. Hey, come on now. Vitamin water. It has vitamins, but also parties. Copyright 2020, Glasso.